Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the book of Luke, chapter 18. And tonight is study number 12. We're continuing to look at the parable that the Lord gave concerning the widow woman that came continually to an unjust judge. And we'll read from verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Well, again, the main point of the parable is the Lord teaching that even a wicked man, an unjust judge, in the position of authority, would exercise his power on behalf of a persistent widow, despite the fact that she would have no status, uh, she she would be nothing to him, he would have no desire to help her for the sake of, of God, because he did not fear God, yet the main thing that would bring about the result of this wicked ruler, this unjust judge, helping the widow woman was her persistence, her continual coming. And we've looked at the Greek word, Strong's number 5056, translated continual coming. Literally, it means unto the end. It's the word N that identifies with the end of time. She keeps coming day after day after day in the parabolic story. But we know God is speaking of his elect because he tells us that in verse 7. Well, let me read verse 6 and 7. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. And again, God is the one, the Lord Jesus is likening the widow and her constant coming, her continual coming to the elect which cry to God day and night. They're coming to God day and night. And last time we saw how the Bible, uh, we only looked at a few verses, we could look at many more, indicates 
God is a righteous judge. He, he is the judge of all the earth and he must do right. He is a just judge. And, and that's, uh, another point that if an unjust judge grants favor to a widow he has no concern for, how much more the just and righteous God, the judge of all the earth, will he grant the request of his elect? And it does say, God's elect, and shall not God avenge his own elect, belonging to God, God's chosen people. The Bible tells us um, in many places where God speaks of his elect. Isaiah 65, in the context of a new heaven and new earth, the Lord is describing that uh, glorious new creation and what life will be like there. And, and he says in verse 21 of Isaiah 65, and they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They are going to live forever because they are God's elect. And the elect are elect because of a choice that God has made. Um, you know, the church, when they teach that um, salvation is a choice, they have that part correct, only they they get it completely wrong as to whose choice the church teaches that it's man's choice to choose Christ. But the Bible teaches that's not so. Man cannot choose God and become saved. It's an impossibility. Salvation is of the Lord. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, in John 15, verse 16, but I have chosen you. As God says in uh, John 1, in verse 13, as he's describing how someone is born again, it, it says in that verse, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Man is born again by God's will, by God's choice. And, and God explains in Ephesians chapter 1, when that choice was made, it says in verse 4 and 5, According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. God chose us, his elect, in him, Christ, before the foundation of the world. That's that's when the choice was made, when God determined whom he would save. As he says in Romans 9, I will have mercy 
upon whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion upon whom I will have compassion. It is God's decision. He knew everyone that would ever be born. He knew all um, the people of the earth. And as he predetermined, predestinated, he chose certain ones to be saved. And he gives the illustration of Jacob and Esau, twin brothers, before either had done good or bad, God determined to love Jacob and to hate Esau. And and so Jacob is a picture of the elect, Esau, the non-elector, the unsaved people of the earth. And 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 so when God says that that he uh bears or or how's that go in Luke 18 verse 7 shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him these people these elect they're not just any people they are beloved of God uh, for instance in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 it says in verse 4 knowing brethren beloved your election of God they are loved by God remember what it says in Romans chapter 8 in Romans 8 where God goes into this wonderful description of his people and he asks, what can separate from the love of God? Uh, he, he says in Romans 8, in verse 31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect. It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. And then the question is asked, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril sword and so forth? And the conclusion is in verse 38 and 39, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That this passage expresses a tremendous love and regard and concern for those that Christ died for. God is for them. Remember, if God's for us, who can be against us? God is for them. He spared not his own son. He did not hold back his own son, eternal God himself, but delivered him up for us all, for the elect, and just think of um, how much that speaks to the love of God um, regarding these elect that 
that he died for their sake. And, and these are the ones that he says are his own. They are his elect. And, and they are the ones crying to him. The Bible uses the language of sons and daughters. They've been adopted into the family of God. The Bible uses the language of the, the, the bride to the bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and the Bible uses the language uh, that, that we're brothers and sisters. All the intimate language of family, brothers, sisters, father, and, and husband, as we look towards God, he is all these things to us, and we are the bride or his children to him. The very close, intimate language to identify the relationship between God and his elect. In other words, God is not some uh, evil judge that, that um, it, it, he, he just uh, is concerned with his own ease and, and his own pleasure like an unjust judge. God's concern is always righteousness to uphold the law and to do so most justly. So he, he is a vastly, tremendously superior judge than this unjust judge. And the, the widow meant nothing to the unjust judge, but God's elect, God's elect mean everything to God. He has the greatest of love towards them, the, the greatest of compassion. He's already demonstrated it and shown forth how much care and concern he has for each and every one of them. Therefore, if a evil judge heard the pleas of a woman he didn't care about and granted her request, how much more will the righteous judge hear the prayers when his ears are open and eager to, to help his people as they are crying unto him day and night. And of course, the answer is that, that God, um, will, would be a thousand times, a million times better, uh, the one to go to for a widow or for the elect to approach unto, to make their request. It, he desires to help them. God is a very present help in time of trouble. He is our refuge, our strength, and he often encourages us to go to him, to come to him, and to cry unto him. And the, here in this parable, that's exactly what the widow was doing, and it's exactly what God says his elector doing day and night. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him. Now the reference to day and night, the reference to day and night fits in with our time period. Um, for example, let's go to Revelation 7. And in Revelation 7, we read of a great multitude 
that were clothed with white robes and and they had their robes washed in the blood of the Lamb. That, that is, they were all saved, this great multitude um, from every uh, tribe, nation, and tongue, and so forth. And God says, as the question is asked where they come from, it, it says in Revelation 7, verse 13, And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They are the saved. Therefore, they are the elect. These are the elect of God. They have been saved out of the great tribulation. And we know, since it says there is a great multitude, it's a, a huge host. Uh, they number in the tens of millions. Well, where are they? Where are they? We know from whence they came that they're identified with the little season of great tribulation. But exactly where are they at this point? Well, it says in verse 15, Therefore are they before the throne of God. And where is the throne of God? Well, God's throne is in heaven. The Bible tells us that. His throne is in heaven. And what is earth? Earth, the Bible tells us, is his footstool. Is the footstool before the throne? Yes, yes it is. Because the the king sits upon his throne. The footstool is right at his feet so he can place his feet on it. And, and therefore it's before the throne. Well, that's where the great multitude are located. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. Now, here, there's, there's a reference to time, day and night. How uh, can you have day and night? It's through the movements of the celestial bodies, the sun, the moon, and the stars. But if Revelation 7 was describing heaven, if it was describing a scene taking place in the spiritual kingdom of God, and and the elect are all with God in heaven, and this world is no more, then there would not be day and night, because further on in the book of Revelation, we read there's no night there. And remember, at the end of this world, the the timekeepers are destroyed, and there's no more day and night. Day and night is a time reference. Well, these elect, this great multitude, are before the throne of God, as they're still on the earth, the footstool of God in heaven. And while on the earth, they are serving God day and night in his temple. Well, it says they're serving him in his temple. Yes, because they've been saved. And when you become saved, you're part of the house of God. Whose house are we? And and so they are a part of the spiritual temple or house of God. And as part of God's temple, they are doing service to him on the earth day and night after the tribulation, because they've come out of great tribulation, 
And, and what comes after the tribulation? Judgment day. Oh, but no, the elect, they're, they're not in the world in the day of judgment. Well, that's what we used to think until we saw numerous Bible verses that indicate otherwise. Isaiah 24, 6 speaks of the inhabitants of the earth being burned, but few men left, and, and so forth. In Revelation 14, God's meeting out, uh, uh, administering the cup of his wrath and then he makes a statement here is the patience of the saints and the saints are the elect well the, the, the great multitude are continuing to serve the Lord in the world upon his footstool day and night throughout the prolonged period of judgment day and that's where we're at right now. We're going through day and night, day after day, as we approach unto the conclusion of the period known as Judgment Day. Also, uh, since I mentioned Revelation 14 and the cup of the wrath of God, uh, it says in Revelation 14, in uh, verse 10, The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels or holy messengers, that's God's elect, and in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. The word for should be translated to. To ever and ever means to the point of eternity as as they're being tormented in time and and the torment continues up until the end of the world and when the world ends eternity begins so the um, the smoke of their torment is ascending ascending up or ascendeth up to ever and ever and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. No rest ties in with no salvation throughout the prolonged period of judgment, more than likely uh, 1,600 days in duration. And and then it says um, in verse 12, here is the patience of the saints and here are they that keep the commandments of God. That is, those elect, those elect that God is bearing long with, that, that he, he tells us he's bearing long with, as they are crying unto him day and night, day and night, like that widow woman, coming, continually coming, which literally meant unto the end. Well, we can see why the elect are crying out. They're the great multitude that came out of great tribulation. And yet they're still on the earth, still serving God. And God is is pouring out his wrath into the cup for the unsaved to drink. And there are the elect. It's a grievous, grievous time period. And, and God's people continue to beseech him continue to ask him for help to endure unto the end 
because their patience is being tried in in their patience possess their souls but it's so hard to be patient it's so difficult to wait on the lord in these types of circumstances and and god knows that the lord knows that and and so he's encouraging his people with this parable keep coming to me keep coming especially now as the Lord's people have been coming for uh, quite a while now. And we're approaching the end. We're approaching to the last day. And October 7th, 2015 is super qualified to be that last day. And there's a strong likelihood it will be the last day. And, and, and so now there, we, we have to, Keep waiting on the Lord and looking towards Him and praying, asking for help and not think, well, we got this made because there's only a couple weeks to go. You know, there, uh, there, there's something my wife used to tell me uh, when we would um, be going for a drive trying to find some place um, and, and it was far away and never been there before and Inevitably, I would take a wrong turn, get frustrated, and, 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 or I thought I had taken a wrong turn, and uh, after driving and driving and driving for many miles, and then I would turn around. And I would turn around and she would say, keep going, keep going, don't, don't give up yet. And, and I would say, no, this doesn't feel right. I, I think we took a wrong turn, and I would go back and then, uh, it happened more often than I care to admit. We should have kept going. I was wrong to have stopped. I I made uh, a, a bigger mistake by stopping and turning back. If only we would have just kept going. Kept enduring the route. It, even though it was uncomfortable, just keep going a little while longer... And, and that's probably a, not too good of an analogy, but we are on the path to the kingdom of heaven and the pathway is through much affliction and it's the only way into the kingdom and, and God has made the, the way by drying up, uh, the river Euphrates and it's a way for the uh, kings of the east to trod upon to enter into the kingdom of 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 God forever and ever and you know there is a good hope an excellent hope that it lies just ahead so let us just one day at a time i know aa took that slogan but it's they took it from the bible sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof and there is no temptation, no test taken us, but is common to man. And God um, is faithful to make a way for us to bear it. God bears long with the cries of his elect. And, and God's elect also, from our perspective, must bear patiently, waiting on the Lord until he respond, until he answer 
And he's already begun to answer by judging the church, by judging the world, by shutting the door of heaven, taking vengeance upon Babylon. It's only a matter of completing these things and finalizing these things and, 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 and of course, um, fulfilling all the things that he has declared in his word. And that's what we're looking towards. We're looking towards and, and, uh, we, we can look again with a good expectation. The Bible says our expectation will not be cut off. And we have to keep looking at him who is invisible because there's a great recompense of reward. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.